of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and Juma Mubarakatuh and everyone of our listeners tuned to 91.3 FM and if you're audio streaming at www.vsfm.co.za and especially a warm welcome to our non-Muslim listeners as well. A good morning to you and happy to have you tuned in to 91.3 FM, the voice of the Cape, empowering one with religion because this is the religion for all of mankind and not just for the Muslims and for the believers. Subhanallah. And so we come to the nasiha of this morning and the topic being Islam, a deen of ease with Nabil Majid and just as I've mentioned earlier on um, there's a whole long list you know of what one can say of Sheikh Subhanallah and I think um, you know very important that our listeners have taken note of who it is that we have in studio this morning Sheikh always busy empowering people and we ask Allah to grant him a long umr inshallah and also the best of health to continue imparting his knowledge and acquiring more knowledge so that he can um, empower the community inshallah I'm Sheikh Nabil Assalamu alaikum and a warm welcome to the airwaves of the Voice of the Cape and the studios Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and to all the listeners of Voice of the King. Subhanallah. Shaykh, we speak about Islam, a deen of ease, subhanallah. And, um, you know, just um, in uh, my intro, I'd love to mention the following. It says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator of mankind and therefore knows his nature more intricately than mankind himself. Mm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has therefore chosen for us a religion best suited to the nature of mankind, a religion that goes neither to the extremes of hardship yeah. and nor um, of laxity, but instead provides a middle path. Allah. In other words, a religion of ease. No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said. MashaAllah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Al-Salatu wassalamu ala shufa mursaleen. Sayyidina Nabiyyina wa maulana Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ba'd. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. To our honorable listeners, until long. I did last year, not uh, because I was uh, busy uh, Friday, so I couldn't. I didn't have time to come to radio. But Alhamdulillah, I think this year is the first time after so many years. So Alhamdulillah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Nevertheless, honorable listeners, firstly, I think it's very appropriate before we enter in a topic, very very important topic. Mashallah, the selection of the topic outstanding. Inshallah, we're going to speak about because especially in our times today, that you find people are very extreme. Very, very extreme. And at the same time, also, to try to strike a balance. But before we start with the topic, I think it's firstly appropriate to mention today is the day of uh, Jumu'ah. It's our day, a day filled with khair and barakat. As our beloved Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, speak about this day. So we're always very excited when it comes to Jumu'ah. As Nabi alayhi salatu wa mentioned, أَفْضَلُ الْأَيَّامِ الْأُسْبُوعِ يَوْمَ الْجُمُعَةِ The best of all the days. Allah created the best of months and Allah created the month of Ramadan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have created the best of uh, prophets amongst all the prophets which Allah says and Allah selected ultimately our prophet Nabi Muhammad alayhi salatu wa salam as the best of all prophets and exactly the same also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have selected and chosen a day and this is the day of the day of Jumu'ah alhamdulillah and on this day يَعْتِقُوا فِيهِ سِتُمِئَ أَلْفَ عَتِيقٍ مِنَ النَّارِ as mentioned in the hadith of Rasulullah, on this specific day, only on the day of Jumu'ah, that Allah sets free next from the fire of Jahannam. We make dua, Allah include us in that 600,000, and whoever dies, and that's why it's very important, honorable listeners, we make dua that we need to go, and we always ask Allah that Allah should take us, away from this dunya on the day of Jumu'ah because of the merit and the thawab for a person that dies on the day of Jumu'ah 
says, Allah records for him the reward of a shaheed. Subhanallah. And also, also amongst the Sunan, after the day of Jumu'ah, is also to extend salawat and barakat on our beloved Prophet Muhammad so sallallahu so alayhi wa sallam. So it's very important that specifically the day of Jumu'ah, prior to uh, salah of Jumu'ah, let us extend salawat and barakat on our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because of this particular incident happened, a young man, he went and uh, undertook a journey with his father. Imagine aunt, auntie going for hajj with your father. The guy was very excited. So alhamdulillah, that's what happened. On the way, on the, to, on the route to Makkah, the father became very sick. And he laid the father down and, you know, he started reciting for his father. But he, he saw that his father is declining and his father's busy dying. And he died. And alhamdulillah, he was contented. But what made him very sad that he saw certain signs, There's certain signs that we want to know, so Allah has taken away our parents, or our father, or mother, or son, or brother, doesn't matter. Certain signs that create that contentment that at least my father is in a Jannah. Mm-hmm. But he saw that Allah, his father was very fair, but Allah had removed the nur from the father's face. And he was very, very disappointed because this is reality, this is a sign that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not happy with the father. And he took a nap, and in he, um, he was, while he was sleeping, he had a dream. In his dream, was always a common amongst the Salihin and the Muttaqin, they see the Prophet Sallallahu so Alaihi Allah make us among those that we'll see our beloved Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And because of, uh, as mentioned, a hadith, man ra'ani faqad ra'ani haqqa, a person that sees the Prophet, then really, reality, you have seen the Prophet. Because shaitan cannot take the resemblance and features of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Habibullah. So this person seeing our beloved Prophet, but he couldn't recognize Rasulullah. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi said to him then, uh, oh, slave of Allah, don't you recognize me? I'm Muhammad Rasulullah. I am Nabi Muhammad, alayhi salatu wasalam, the habibuka, fi dunya wal akhirah. I'm your beloved in this dunya and in the akhirah. And Nabi Muhammad then engaged this particular person and said to him, إِذَا قُمْتَ مِنْ نَوْمِكَ فَاكْشِفْ عَنْ أَبِيكَ That if you should stand up from your sleep, then remove the covering from your father's face. And the Prophet, alayhi salatu wasalam, goes further by saying, you will see the face will shine so much, it's like a, it's like a portion of the nur of the qamar, of the moon. SubhanAllah. And this person, he wanted to know, uh, you know, what happened, Ya Rasulullah? So Nabi Muhammad said to him, Shafa'atu lahu indallah. I interceded on his behalf. And the person asked, Wa masirru shafa'ataka? What is the secret that why you have interceded on behalf of my father? Before, you know, he died, Allah removed the nur. Why? So Nabi then said to him, Because your father was a person, especially on the day of Jummah, he extended and forwarded abundant of salawat upon me. And because he forwarded abundant salawat upon me, I'm the one that I will intercede on his behalf for that one that extended salawat and barakat upon me, especially on the day of Jumu'ah. Mm-hmm. So we say continuous salawat and barakat on our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now we're coming to the topic, auntie, and to honorable listeners. Like auntie said in her introduction, the Quranic ayah, where Allah speaks about this deen, this deen is not, uh, we cannot overpower this deen. As mentioned in another hadith, because sometimes, auntie, people portray and display this deen as a very extreme deen. And they display this deen as a, very, a deen as of, of intolerance and a deen that's not very accommodative. And they're very extreme in, in applying and the application of this deen. And I've seen so many times, auntie, wallahi, that real issues that happen. 
For example, come to mind, one of my very, very close friends, his name is Ustad Arfan. Ustad Arfan, the person, mashallah, embraced Islam. And he loved Allah's deen, he loved mashaykh and ulama. He's always uh, reading about, uh, you know, books and about Tawheed. But his parents never embraced Islam. And mashallah, you know, he got many siblings, but his parents chose to stay with him. And when it comes to when I came to know him, when it comes to Ramadan, his father, and it comes to Eid, his father was wearing like a fez on his head, and speak about his deen, mashallah. So now the father passed away. So now is the father, sir, not a Muslim. Mm. Now people create the impression, uh, no, you cannot go to the funeral. I mean, how, how does that make sense, like emotionally, it doesn't make sense. You're looking after your parents for so many years, and the worrying factor is always for any person that embraces Islam, you always worry, what about my parents? Mm-hmm. You know, making dua, Allah, ultimately guidance only comes from Allah. So Allah guides to whom Allah wishes. So now Allah, and that was always his, his concern, always to engage and speak to me, you know, I'm just worried about my parents, and I, well, Allah, I just wish Allah uh, allow my parents to embrace Islam, but ultimate guidance comes from Allah. Allah did not accept his parents to be, uh, to be a Muslim. So now the person, and sometimes unfortunately people, they must represent even the deen of Allah. And sometimes people come so strong and create the impression that it's totally haram and forbidden for a person uh, to show some form of acknowledgement and even some form of condolences. Wallah, auntie, uh, auntie, the condolences is part of our deen. Mm-hmm. That it comes in fiqh that you allow to forward and extend condolences to a non-Muslim. And our deen and our sharia and ultimately our beloved Prophet والسلام, the ultimate example showed us and Rasulullah shown tolerancy even to non-Muslims. When Nabi والسلام, showed this beauty and showcased his beauty and Nabi والسلام, forwarded condolences to a non-Muslim. So it's part of our deen. Why are we making it so difficult? And yet Allah Rasulullah says, Adinu Yusr. Rasulullah says, our deen, this deen that Allah has chosen for us, like Antiab said. This is a deen coming from Allah, that Allah selected this deen for us. So sometimes people create a, 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 not a true reflection of this deen. And it's very unfortunate nowadays in our time, we see what's happening in some uh, Middle East countries, people is very extreme. And in actual fact, that's against the Sunnah. Allah, Rasulullah says, mm-hmm. Wala yushad that deen. Nobody can overpower this deen. There's no extremism in this deen. You cannot be extreme and active. So sometimes a person is extreme in how he applies the deen of Islam. Sometimes he's extreme in terms of how he interact with people. He's extreme in terms of his doing business deening. Our deen of Islam accommodates a person. Our deen of Islam is a deen of taseer. It's a deen of ease. The ultimate objective and goal of the Sharia of Allah Inshallah, we will continue after the break. I mean, Inshallah, Sheikh has already taken that key from you, so let's go for that recklessness. Do stay tuned, indeed. I mean, just the intro itself reminds us of the blessed day of Juma, Yomul Juma, Inshallah, and how many blessings we can reap just from reciting the salawat upon the Nabi Muhammad, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, bringing us into the topic Islam, a deen of ease. Friday Nasikha on the Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum and once again a warm welcome to our Friday Nasiha and our topic being Islam a deen of ease with Sheikh Nabil Majid. Sheikh had mentioned earlier on that Islam is a deen of tolerance and so aptly said that the easiness of this religion was put into practice by the best of humanity, the one who came to deliver the message as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had said subhanallah. 
بسم الله والصلاه والسلام على اشرف المرسلين سيدنا ونبينا مولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وبعد السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته honorable listeners once again we continue with a very a very important topic especially in our times of today uh, today people if, uh, create the islam as be intolerant intolerant deen but ultimately the deen of islam is a deen of yusr and it confirms in so many ayat of the quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about Allah siyuridullah bikumul yusra that Allah wants for us is Allah don't want difficult for us wala yuridu bikumul usra and Allah mentioned a second part of the ayah where Allah said Allah don't want difficulty so at tayseeru a person supposed to be a very easy in terms of the application of his akhlaq and his interaction with people a person is supposed to be a business dealings mu'amalat inshallah we're going to mention certain example on each and every top level a person also, again, uh, in his adat, in his ways, is supposed to, you know, adopt that attitude of akhlaq, of, of ease, again. In actual fact, even in his ibadat, forming, performing salah. Wallahi, in the time of Rasulullah, when the person performs salah, and this person is leading the prayer, and he extended in the salah, and actually after the salah was completed, Nabi والسلام, then uh, rebuked this particular person, Nabi Muhammad والسلام, then said to him, إِذَا صَلَّ أَحَدُكُمْ لِلنَّاسِ فَلْيُخَفِّفْ Nabi says, if any of uh, as, us as imamat, if you lead, then you have to be easy in terms of don't uh, extend and make the rakat and the amount of ayat that you need to recite. You're making it so long. The guy recites, recite, the imam recites those uh, three, four pages in the first rakat. And then the next one, he reads another two, three pages. But he's doing ibadat, isn't it, auntie? He's doing ibadat. So here again, our deen of Islam is showing us, no, this is not a deen of extremism. But even in our application of ibadat, worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you, you're supposed to be easy, supposed to be considerate. فَإِنَّ مِنْهُمْ الضَّعِيفِ As like Rasulullah said, because we have in our company, in the masjid, in our community, oh. we have people that's not on the same level. We have people at different levels of Iman, people of different spiritual level. So a person is supposed to be very accommodative for each and every person. So amongst you, you have a daif, you have weak people amongst you, weak in terms of Iman, weak in terms of the, uh, the structure, the body, they cannot stand long. And also amongst you, you have people that is sick. We also have elderly people. If it is that you're going to perform salah, then Nabi says, be extreme on yourself. And that's a problem sometimes you do find. First, people want to be extreme on other people. You want to be uh, objective on other people. But sometimes you want to criticize other people. You know, people coming in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also. And we're not tolerant. And again, you know, I'm not saying it's all the elderly people. And we make dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala must make us amongst, uh, if you grow old, which is also part of the sunnah. Mm-hmm. Allah created us in a phase of weakness. And at, at the time of infant, then Allah created the middle phase. And that's a phase of youth and young and we're strong. Then Allah again creates us the last phase, and that's the phase we become weak. And so, so sometimes we don't uh, apply tolerance, and we don't apply ease at that particular phase. And I've seen it so many times. So you come in a masjid, and you know, person become very angry. Why? Because the younger people is playing out of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and uh, you know, our impression is no, you degrading the sanctity out of house, out of house of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. But it's not true. Again, we have to revisit. Let us see how was the conduct of Rasulullah. How did Nabi interacted with younger people? And sometimes also, auntie and all honorable listeners, that also can create a huge problems. Because we've seen now the uncle comes in a month of Ramadan, also walk to time. And the, guy, the uncle stands and he has his two, two children, one standing on one side and the other side. 
So now we find people are becoming very, ah, uh, you know, this, the text saying um, the best soft soft is for the males is the first one. Okay. And then the, the, the second soft is for the, for the youngsters. But that's, yes, that's understanding. But based on the situation at hand, how did Rasulullah accommodate? And now you're going to, in actual fact, that Shafi Madhab host of you to say, if a younger person is standing already in a first half and you as an elderly person comes afterwards, you don't have a right to take that particular person out, the youngster. Why? Because we have to be considerate about his feelings. You're going to create, you know, you're going to break down his emotions, his feelings, and tomorrow he decides he don't want to come to the mosque. Why? Because of the way that we have interacted, the way we're supposed to be approachable, you're supposed to be easy. And again, in a masjid, our beloved Prophet mm-hmm. we draw from Rasulullah. And Nabi is our guide at every level. Our guide in terms of performing salah, our guide in showing us how to fast, our guide in showing us how to perform hajj, and exactly also our guide showing us how to be easy, how to be tolerant, how to demonstrate that good akhlaq even among children. So Rasulullah performing salah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Nabi Muhammad sallam, remains very long in the posture of sujood. To the extent the Sahabas became very edgy, they start, started worrying, Ya Allah, something happened to the beloved Prophet, it's a possibility the Prophet died in the Salah. So, so Nabi Muhammad remained and, and, you know, very long. And after, Alhamdulillah, Nabi Muhammad then stood up and he completed the Salah. And the Sahabas immediately inquired, Oh Prophet Allah, what happened? We wanted to know, you know, you remained so long in the Salah. Then Nabi Muhammad wasallam then responded by saying, you know what? They were children, again the grandchildren, and that shows we also becoming, we're going to become grandchildren. And how are we supposed to treat our grandchildren? So here Rasulullah is showing that we're supposed to treat our grandchildren with with, with tolerance and, and, you know, with respect and nice and interact. So Rasulullah remained in a posture of sujood. Why? Because his grandchildren, Hassan and Hussein, were playing horse riding on the back of Rasulullah. So imagine playing in a salah, number one. Imagine playing on the back of Rasulullah, number two. And Abu Muhammad sallallahu didn't, didn't get irritated. Rasulullah accommodated. He accommodated, showing that ease, again, not to be violent. He didn't stand up. He didn't shout. He didn't say, why are you playing in a salah? It's unacceptable. Why are you running in a masjid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? This house of Allah. Isn't it that Rasulullah knows best how to, how to, you know, the, the sanctity and the sacredness of the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Another incident also, in the time of Rasulullah, where the wording also become, um, the wording of ease, our topic today, with the Sahabi, imagine auntie and honorable listeners, the Sahabi came in a mosque. The hadith comes in, uh, in Bukhari and in Muslim, narrated by Sahabi, his name was Abu Hurairah. So Abu Hurairah said, بَيْنَمَا نَحْنُ فِي الْمَسْجِدِ مَعَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ That we were sitting in a company of our beloved Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the mosque of Rasulullah. Imagine the best of mosque, of Baytul Haram, and then the mosque of Rasulullah. So then somebody comes. Arabiyun, a Bedouin came, and that will learn also, there's different people coming to the mosque, different people, intellect different people. Sometimes you find people they don't know how to use a mosque. And sometimes we are very, very quick to judge and to align. That's a serious problem. I, I, I remember once I was sitting, we had every Saturdays, we had the Imam class at the Masjid, Masjid Rahman. So now we're sitting and reading our kitabs and very sure comes in. So then a lady comes in, but the lady is not appropriately dressed. Okay. So now, obviously, it's what, will, what will the people say in the mosque? And, you know, uh, so the people were really, you know, guys were standing up you know, to judge and to say, oh, Titi, you can't, can't come in the masjid here, you're not properly, uh, properly attired, put on your hijab. But it's a way, you know, sometimes person yeah. just embraces Islam, she don't know. But the way that we're going to approach without akhlaq, without ease and understanding the person's condition, 
then automatically you're going to chase a person away. And it really happened. So now I said, no, wait, I will, I will address the lady. I went and I, you know, I accommodated the lady. I went to, uh, to the office and I spoke to the lady. You know, wallahi, the lady, number one, she was a Muslim and she became murtad. Why? Because of, she embraced Islam because of the husband. And very unfortunate, sometimes as husbands, they, they don't take the responsibility very serious of leading, that leadership role. And unfortunately, he was a guy who was not, wasn't a, a proper Muslim, not a Muslim with good akhlaq and con- conduct. And a lot of, uh, you know, a uh, uh, p- p- lady was speaking so much about the husband. And very unfortunate, she said, then, I, I, did, I don't want to be a Muslim anymore. But she brought the daughter. The daughter was about 15 years old. And she said, Sheikh, but I want my daughter to be a Muslim. Subhanallah. I want my daughter to be a Muslim. And subhanallah. And I sat there. Imagine, auntie, and honorable listeners, if we would have approached this particular case wrong. And I, if somebody just come out and just address it very wrong. And, and shunning this particular person, not what, what is and akhlaq. Then that, that, that woman would never would have embraced Islam. But the story don't end there. So I was very emotional. Why? Because somebody becoming murtad, it is something very, very serious. You can, you can commit a sin, you can do something haram, you can make tawbah istighfar. But the ultimate extreme, that is to become a murtad. May Allah forbid and Allah protect our family. Mm-hmm. So I started engaging the lady and started speaking about the importance of Islam and trying to, you know, try to win her over again. Alhamdulillah, I said to her, I will give you time and inshallah, if you feel comfortable, I will come to your house. And Wallahi, one of the highlights of my imamat, the lady then phoned a Sunday night and I was uh, with my family at, uh, somewhere in the mall and she said, Sheikh, I want to be a Muslim again. Wallahi, I rushed to the house and myself and my wife, I took my wife and we recited the kalima and we explained to her that she had to take a bath and she re-embraced Islam once again in the name of Islam. So it's ultimately... Sheikh, just looking at, at, at her embracing Islam, that was then the second time embracing Islam for the deen of yes. Islam and not for the husband. And not for the husband, yes. Why? Um, because now she has seen the true, yes. uh, the, the true Islam. Why? This Islam of tolerance, this Islam of, of respect. So we're dealing with a, a diversity of people, auntie. Indeed. We can't just give her one blanket statement and say, no, it's haram for everybody. No. And again, the person also coming, a Bedouin in a time of Rasulullah, coming in a mosque of the beloved Prophet Unfortunately, you don't know how to use a mask. Friday Nasikha on the Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi And indeed, coming back to our Nasikha program of this morning, it is a beautiful Jumu'ah day. So, a Jumu'ah barak to each and every one of our listeners. And the topic, an amazing one, Islam, a deen of ease. And Sheikh had mentioned, you know, um, a typical example of what happened locally in our very own community. So now we're speaking and we'll, Sheikh will relate the story of what had happened in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, inshallah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Wassalatu wassalamu ala ash Sayyidina wa nabiyya wa Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Honorable listeners, we again continue. Uh, a real incident that happened in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You must understand it's not only merely a qissa. Sometimes people create the impression that uh, the shiukh and ulama just uh, relate and convey certain qissas, uh, but it's real issues and the qissa is there in order so that we can apply Indeed. the sunnah of Rasulullah. Sunnah well, sometimes sunnah. it comes we in a situation, then we have to apply the situation because it's not a merely, a merely a story. We're telling a story, it's like a fairy tale, khalas, we forget about it. No, it's a story that you have to take lesson and it's a story if we in such a situation, then we have to apply and we have to adopt the sunnah of Rasulullah and how Nabi had handled that particular 
particular issue. So now the Bedouin comes in, a person, an uh, uncultured person, and that also happened in, uh, at the masjid and at, at our communities. We do find people, they don't know how to use the mosque, they don't know how to enter the masjid. And many a times, honorable listeners, we as Muslims, we are guilty that we're not making them comfortable in a masjid. A recent person comes in, you don't know how to use. And sometimes you interact with people, like one person said, I embrace Islam. And it's already a daunting task coming in a mosque. You don't know how to perform salah. And he's standing and he's raising his hand. And and I think it was the Imam went down in sujood. Uh, It was a sajjah to tilawa. And the guy was like, no, 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 because the person told him, just follow what the Imam is. And the person standing next to you, follow them. But they didn't tell him about the sajjah of Tilawa. So everybody's going down in sajjah to Tilawa and he's standing. And he's saying, SubhanAllah, my whole body was shaking and my whole face turned red because I was the only one standing. So now we come in and the person is different and we don't know and we don't accommodate the person. And, you know, we, we're judging that particular person. We're not making it easy for him and we're not even making it very comfortable for him. So we, many a times, we are guilty of that particular act. We're not, we're not easy. We, sometimes we... We're extreme and we're difficult. We're not supposed to be difficult. Yes, we understand. Dean of Islam gives us a certain, when it comes to, I'm not saying a person might be so lax today, auntie, then, then uh, you know, you, you, you just allow your daughter not to wear hijab. You just allow your wife not to wear hijab. No, that is, no, that's unacceptable. Yes. That's not right. But when the dean gives us a, a leeway to be balanced, you be balanced. When the dean gives us that you have to be strict and firm, you be firm. And yet again, Nabi Ali was showing us, it's like a real scenario, the person coming in the house of Allah, and this person degrades the sanctity. Imagine the mosque of Rasulullah, and a guy comes in, then he, you know, he pee in the corner of the mosque. Imagine until our time today, somebody comes in our masjid, and he degrades the sanctity of the mosque. What will we do to this particular person? You know, we will, yeah, Allah, and the guys will hit him. So exactly the same, the Sahabas also, they stood up, and the Sahabas were ready. And you know, to, to down this particular person, telling him, oh, this is wrong, how can you do this to the Muslim of Allah, and this is wrong. But our Nabi of Allah, our the Nabi of Rahmah, the Nabi of Mercy, the Nabi of Ease, and, and that was one of the qualities, it mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have chosen Rasulullah, one of the characteristics and the qualities of Rahmah, one of the qualities and a characteristic of Rasulullah, Taysir, Ease. And actually, Allah says, one yassiruka. Allah said, Lil Yusra, we have created in you, Muhammad, that you have to be easy. That's embedded in Rasulullah, mm-hmm. So, so this person, you know, degrading, and the Sahabas were already to fight with him and to put him down. But Nabi Muhammad didn't stop. In actual fact, Nabi Muhammad didn't shout at this particular person. He's the one who's guilty. But Rasulullah then addressed the other companions. And Nabi Muhammad then said to them, uh, لا, لا تزرموه. You know, da'u, leave him. Uh, don't let him break. No, let him finish what he's doing. Don't stop him. And then Nabi Muhammad goes further by saying, SubhanAllah, إِنَّمَا بُعِثْتُ مُيَسِّرِينَ In our context of today, that I've been seen as a Nabi of ease. I've been seen as a Nabi of tolerance. I've been seen as a Nabi of, uh, of uh, you know, not making wala. It goes further. Wala tuba'athu ma'asarin. I wasn't saying that to be difficult and to make the deen difficult upon people. Yes. No. My, my nature and my makeup is to be rahmah, to be merciful, to be compassionate, to be easy at all the time. Then... The Sahabas of Khalas, because Nabi Ali is the Imam and he's the president and they have to listen what Rasulullah is saying. Then Nabi Muhammad then called this particular person, this uh, illiterate person, and Nabi Muhammad speak very nice to him. And very in a very soft tone, beautiful tone. And that's also very important, Anji, because sometimes if we want to correct somebody, 
What is your intention? Is your intention to degrade somebody? That, that's why you, you want to correct that particular person? If your intention is to, you know, to, to convey, you know, because the person's illiterate, the person don't know, so I have to choose the best of words to convey the message. Because sometimes we're very abrupt, you know, you're telling somebody he's doing wrong, but the approach that I use is like, you know, putting the person down, you feel yes. bad about it. And many a times we're guilty of that, auntie, because we, you know, now I want to show I'm better. And you, know, you choose your words properly. Try, you know, to use the best of hikman wisdom to convey, because ultimately I need to convey the message of Allah and Rasulullah. And exactly Nabi Alayhi Salatu Wasallam have done it. Nabi Muhammad spoke to him, Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu said to him, Inna hadhil masajid la tuslah, tuslihu this masjid, it's not suitable for that particular act that you have done. Innama here the the masjid is a place that you worship Allah, it's a place of uh, remembrance, it's a place of salah, it's a place of qiraat. And in actual fact, when the ass, you know, the Sahaba spoke to this particular Bedouin and asked him, how, was, how did Rasulullah reprimand you? And he said, Wallahi, Nabi Muhammad وسلم, didn't slander me. Wallahi, Nabi Muhammad didn't degrade me. Nabi Muhammad didn't insult me. Nabi Muhammad didn't hit me. Nabi Muhammad didn't even make me feel bad about it. And again, if our approach is right and we ease in our approach automatically, what will the outcome be? The outcome naturally, I'm going to make dua for you. Indeed. Why not? Because you, have, you didn't make me feel bad. I feel nice about myself and I get the message. I can read between the lines. I understand what you're trying to tell me. And in return, I will make dua for you. And that really happened. So now, the person is stood up and he started making dua. And he made dua and he said, Allah marhamni wa muhammada. Wa Allah, forward, extend your mercy upon me and forgive me. And forward your mercy upon Rasulullah. And it goes further, وَلَا تَرْحَمَّعَنَا And I ask Allah, as for those that were amongst us, that tried to, that were violent in the approach, that were a person that were very insulting, and they wanted to beat me out, don't show your mercy upon them. Can you see? SubhanAllah. So again, that happened. So now, again, the Rasulullah coming, this Nabi of Rahmah and Mercy, and Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu says to the Bedouin, لَقَدْ حَجَّرْتَ الْوَاسِعَةِ You have narrowed down, you had restricted the mercy of Allah. The mercy of Allah encompassed everybody. Why are you narrowing this mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala? وَرَحْمَةِ وَاسِعَةِ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ As Allah mentioned, Allah's mercy and Allah's Rahmah, it encompasses everybody. It encompasses a Muslim, it encompasses a non-Muslim, it encompasses a sinner. It encompasses a person that is pious, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we must understand, we're not going to enter this Jannah of Allah via our good deeds. We're going to enter the Jannah via the Rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So why do we want to show Rahmah to, to, uh, to, towards people? And it comes in one incident also, Rasulullah says, that prior to our time, there was a person, he worshipped Allah for, for years. And Allah granted the previous nation long umar and long life. So not for one day or for one moment, honorable listeners, he transgressed and committed a sin. So can we imagine the level of salah that he performed, the level of sadaqah, the level of worshipping Allah. So Allah then caused him to die in salah. And Allah brought, is going to bring him forward. And Allah then said to the malaika, take him and enter him into my jannah via my rahmah. And this person is saying, no Allah, I want to enter the jannah via my good deeds. I want to enter the jannah via my salah. I want to enter the jannah via my charity and sadaqah. Allah again is telling the malaika, <laughs> Allah is telling the malaika, that Allah malaika, take him via my rahmah, you know, via my mercy. And the person is saying, no, I want to enter the Jannah via my good deeds. Then Allah says, okay, fine, let us measure. Then Allah takes the, the 500 years of good deeds, 80, 80 years of good deeds. Then he, and Allah waits on a scale. And Allah takes it one ni'mah, the ni'mah of seeing. And Allah puts it on a scale. 
And obviously ni'am of sight, it outweighs uh, five hundreds of years of worshipping. So Allah said, okay, fine. Where's the ni'mah of talking? Where's the ni'mah of smelling? Where's the ni'mah of hearing? So he said, wallahi, Allah asked ma'af, I will enter your jannah via rahmah. Subhanallah. Friday Nasikha on The Voice of the Cape. Assalamualaikum and indeed a warm welcome to our Friday Nasiha. We're focusing on Islam, a deen of peace. And Sheikh had mentioned tolerance, subhanAllah. And we're looking at how tolerant and ask, should ask ourselves the question, how tolerant are we towards other religions? And, you know, Islam, a deen of tolerance. And we're looking at the um, typical example and the character of the Nabi Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa That living Quran, subhanAllah, when asked, when, when one of the Sahabas asked him, said that Aisha, what was the life of the Prophet like? And she said he was the living, living Quran. Quran, subhanAllah. Allahu Akbar. Uh, Bismillah wa salatu wa salamu ala shafur salin Sayyidina wa Rabbiyana Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ba'd. Assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh. We continue honorable, honorable listeners with a very, uh, a very important topic, especially in our times today. Because we do find people sometimes we misrepresent the reign of Islam. And sometimes we ourselves can also be a greatest obstacle for people to embrace Islam. Because this is a deen of, of rifqa, a deen of compassion, a, gene, a deen of, uh, of, of Rahmah. In actual fact, uh, Auntie and all listeners, that this quality of ease and the quality of Rahmah and the quality of mercy and the quality of good conduct is amongst the qualities of the Salihin and the Muttaqeen. And, 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 and the one that mentioned in Imam Ghazali, Rahmatullah Ali's mm-hmm. kitab, and he, and he speaks about this uh, beauty of Iman. When Allah granted the person Iman, but that person modified his Imam. He modified his Iman with ilm, knowledge. And then that's not enough. And he goes further by saying, he got Iman, he modified it with, with knowledge, and he modifies it with, with the application of the Sunnah of Rasulullah, not on, 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 on the outer appearance only, but on every level. And we need to understand, sometimes we want to apply the Sunnah, very selective Sunnah. I'm selective when it comes to certain acts, then that's the way that I follow. But the Sunnah on every level, the Sunnah even how we deal with our enemies also, the Sunnah how even a person, if I, if Nabi Alaihi again showing that once Nabi wanted to apply the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there must be, there's a process that we need to follow. And it comes in, the hadith comes in Bukhari and Muslim. Again, hadith narrated by Abu Huraira. Nabi Alaihi have dispatched a, a group of uh, people, Sahabas, to defend the of Islam, and they brought back uh, one of the captures, and he was, his name was uh, Uthal. So they, they, they called Uthal, and, and they brought him to the beloved Prophet Muhammad, oh, yes. Fumama ibn Uthal, and he was, he was from Yemen. And because he was a person, he came, and his need was to kill the Prophet. So imagine, he comes to kill the Prophet, he comes to kill your father. What will our response be to somebody that... So now this deen is a deen of showing us character, akhlaq, even to a person that, that, that harms me. And sometimes also people living, we're not living in a, in a box, we're, not li- we're living in a community with that diversity of culture, diversity of people. Some people have good akhlaq, some people have bad akhlaq, some people have, have good ways, some people have bad ways. But that, it doesn't mean that I have to treat the person or bad. Why? Because he's treating me bad. Yes. Again, we have to take from the sunnah of Rasulullah. This person mm-hmm. coming, he's coming to kill Rasulullah. And what was the response of Nabi to this person? So now they captured him, they brought him to the Prophet Ali mm-hmm. uh, Nabi Ali number one, allowed him in a mosque. So that means also a non-Muslim coming to the mosque. So that takes his day to say this, the permissibility of a non-Muslim coming in a mosque. Because the Prophet also wanted to hear, wanted him also to listen to Quran ayat and understanding. So now, and Abi Muhammad then goes to him, and he's a capture, and they caught him, and, and, and 
Nabi Muhammad and asked, uh, you know, how did the Sahaba treat you? And, and they said, and the Rasulullah instructed the companions to treat him well. Again, a person coming to kill you must treat him well. Yes. He himself, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he goes to his house, ajma'u ma'in, and he said to his wife, ajma'u ma'indakum, um, you know, gather for me what you have from food. And he himself, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, takes that food, he sends it to this particular person coming to kill Rasulullah, Uthama, Thumamata ibn Usal, and Nabi Muhammad presented this to this particular person. And after the first day, Nabi Muhammad asked, asked him, um, Ya Thumama, um, uh, ماذا, ماذا how, you, how did they treat you? Uh, they, he responded by saying, Ya Muhammad, khair, alhamdulillah, they treated me well, they gave me food, uh, they didn't insult me, they didn't beat me up, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. And he goes further by saying, in taqtul, taqtul, that, uh, that damin, if you're going to uh, um, execute or you're going to punish me, you're going to kill me, then you're going to kill somebody that my, 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 my group or my clan, they're going to seek for revenge. And they're also going to come, they're going to retaliate, yes. because I'm a very noble person amongst my clan. But if it is, if it is that you're going to set me free, I will be eternally great, grateful towards you. And Nabi Muhammad left him. The second day Rasulullah comes again. Nabi Muhammad asks again, Mada'inda ya thumama, how do you feel? How do they treat? And he said, he's again said exactly the same words. After the third day, Nabi Muhammad instructed the Sahabas, saying, Atliqu thumama, you know, set him free. The same person that comes to kill, with the intention of killing the Prophet, same person that uh, vengeance to, towards the Prophet, Nabi Muhammad set him free. And he goes, and the Sahabas carries on with their with the life. Then the person comes back again. Now everybody's like baffled. Yes. You, come, you came, and you're coming again with the intention of killing the Prophet? No. He said, Wallah, Ya Rasulullah, that I coming, I went to a place uh, outside, and I took a bath, and I washed myself. And now I'm coming, entering the mosque, and I'm coming not to kill you, but I'm coming to be witness and testimony that I worship Allah, and indeed you, the Prophet of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah. Allah. How are you embrace Islam? We only, they only embrace Islam the moment we show tolerance, we show, demonstrate good akhlaq and good character. That's the only way how people embrace Islam. And that was the way how those people were attracted to this deen. But if we're going to be very harsh and hard, people's going to run away from this particular deen. So then they asked the Prophet, he said, O oh, Prophet of Allah, O oh, Muhammad, Wallahi ma kana deen abghadu ilayya min Prior to coming here, there was no, any other, this deen of Islam was the most hatred, the most dislikable deen for me. But as for today, that's the most beloved deen to me. And he said, Wallahi, prior to me coming here, that your face was the most dislikable face to me. But as for today, that your face is the most beloved face to me. <laughs> and he asked the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, you know, give me, permit me, can I perform Umrah? And Nabi Muhammad then said to Fabashiru, Nabi Muhammad then gave him glad tidings. Nabi Muhammad then said to him, you know, perform Umrah. And he goes to perform Umrah. And immediately, he, be, he, be, he embraced Islam. And immediately, he applied the deen. He was the first person to utter the words of the Talbi aloud. The first person. He embraced Islam now. He went to Makkah, performed Umrah, and he shouted, he proclaimed, saying, Allahumma labbaik inna alhamda wa na'mata laka wal mulk la sharika. So now, this is in a time with the kuffar. It's like everybody's saying, what's happening here? You're hearing somebody listening. Somebody is praising Allah and is making this Talbiya. And everybody's around this person, they're sh beating him up and they're hitting him and they're about to kill him. And they stopped and they said, hey, you guys, you know who this guy? This guy is one of the chiefs of Yemen, that he's ultimately responsible for the, the, for, the, for the export of grain. And we can't kill him. No, leave him, leave him. So this uh, person, he said, Wallahi la yatikum. He said, I take an oath by Allah today, 
I will not export or send to use a one one grain unless I will consult Rasulullah. So if Rasulullah gives me permission to export one grain to you guys, I will give it to you guys. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Um, I think we will go for ads and the Abidah, and we will be back right after that to conclude our Nasihah this ride. Inshallah, stay tuned. <laughs> On the voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum and indeed a warm welcome to our Friday Nasiha. It seems that, um, you know, um, just when we get started, it's time to end Sheikh Nabil. So um, I'm not too sure whether we're going to continue this, but I know that we want to get to a certain point where we get that understanding to our listeners, you know, where we speak about that tolerance and that indeed Islam is a deen of ease. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Bismillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala shaykh al-musalli sayyidina wa nabiyyina Mawlana Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Honorable listeners, we're coming to the last segment of our Nasiha. And that is to speak about and to uh, the topic of, of ease and the topic of, of tolerance and, and respect and demonstrate all the time good akhlaq. Alhamdulillah, we have given so many examples. I've mentioned the previous example of our beloved Prophet, wasalam. So Rasulullah is our, our ultimate guide and our, uh, our mentor. And Rasulullah shows him many. Another incident also that happened again, Nabi Muhammad وسلم, showing that, uh, demonstrating that, that quality and conduct of akhlaq and the conduct of uh, even to the extent where the person borrows and this person he came uh, uh, also another qissa was a mention like Muslim stories and qissas alhamdulillah <laughs> so this person his name was Zaid ibn Sa'na that Zaid ibn Sa'ba honorable listeners that he wasn't a Muslim he was from uh, the Jewish uh, legion and he wanted to see and he heard about this great personality Muhammad so he wanted to put it uh, put Rasulullah to test and he came to the Prophet uh, but prior coming, he's watching the Prophet from a distance, and I see uh, a group of people comes, and the group of uh, people saying, Oh, Prophet of Allah, that you know what, we are a delegation coming from a certain area, and our people have embraced Islam, but they, they don't have enough money, we, can, we want to buy them certain uh, goods and stuff. And the Prophet wasallam, was a person always trying, never refused. And again, that's us also, don't decline if it's in your ability. No capacity to help, then help. Why are you steering a person away? If I can help the person, I can help. If I can give him a good advice, I can give him a good advice. We learned that from Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So, Nabi Muhammad not declining, and he himself sallallahu alaihi don't have the money. And Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam then wanted to borrow money. And this Jewish person having all the money, and, and and he comes and he said, I will borrow you the money, Muhammad. And he, Nabi Muhammad then borrowed a certain amount of money from this particular person. And uh, they agreed for a date, for example, after two months, he's going to give it back. And, and the person went, and Abu Muhammad gave the money, not for himself, for other people. Yes. And he borrowed the money. And so what happened, prior, just before the deadline, so we agreed uh, after two months, you can't come after a month, because we agreed after two months. But this person, uh, Zaid ibn Su'ana, he came prior to the deadline, but the way that he came, he was very vulgar, and was very abrupt, and... I know he, he, he grabbed the Prophet by, by the neck and you know, saying, Ya Muhammad, you guys are known for a tribe that you, uh, you, don't, you don't pay your debt, you're not people that under uh, debt. And so please just give my money, uh, you know, I want my money back. So now, Sayyidina Umar, and we know the personality of Umar, so Umar is very firm, is very stern. And we do find people also like that, we're not saying everybody is the same, we do find people that stern. And also we do find people that is very, uh, very mild and gentle and kind. So now Omar's personality is very firm and he, he stands up 
and he's trying, you know, grabbing this guy by the, this suana uh, by the neck, and he wanted to shoot him out because how can he do this? This is a prophet. How this is wrong? But again, this nabi of rahmah, this nabi uh, of, of mercy, this nabi of tolerance, this nabi of respect, this nabi is stopping Umar, and this nabi is telling Umar, no, no, Umar, that's not the way, Umar. Uh, Umar, you, it's better you're supposed to give me advice and him advice. You're supposed to give me advice and telling me, oh Muhammad, you're supposed to abow your your promise. You made the promise that you're gonna pay him. So you're supposed to advise me, Muhammad, be on time with your date. Imagine, Rasulullah mm-hmm. Sallallahu telling Umar, you must advise. And he's supposed to advise this guy, telling him, um, you know, that's not the way that we approach, but we approach with, with, with akhlaq and din. So Nabi Muhammad showed uh, this Nabi of ease, this Nabi of rahmah. How will we respond in that regard? Instead, Rasulullah Sallallahu said to Umar, Ya Umar, you know, idha bihi, take him, and, um, and give fa'ati haqqahu, and fa'ati haqqahu, give his haqq, wazid, and increase. You borrowed Mathar, for example, you borrowed about 1,000 rand, give him his 1,000 rand and give him more. SubhanAllah. Again showing is Rahmah. And, and Surah Umar, what can Surah Umar do? The it's Prophet obey. command, you have to obey. And he goes and he gives the 1,000 rand and he gives an extra and the guy is standing. So what? Extra after this guy was bad and he gives my money back and he gives extra. And because of that is and because of that akhla, the person and said, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu and he placed Islam. To the extent, even uh, then Nabi Muhammad also mentioned the hadith. So sometimes we live in time, even the way that we seek, oh my time is up, but I will just end with this, the hadith. Even if we seek auntie and honorable listeners, somebody, I borrow somebody money because I want to assist him. By requesting that money back, or well, the person must give you back the money. To be easy in that way also, Allah is going to reward you for doing that. And when uh, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, uh, the, day, the night of ascension, the night of Mi'raj, I saw on the arsh of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala recorded, As-sadaqatu bi'ashr amthaliya. The person gave charity that Allah multiplied, Allah reward him tenfold. Wal-qardu bi-thamaniyam. And a person that gives, borrow somebody money because he's in difficulty, Allah multiplied another tenfold, SubhanAllah. And he says, if we have agreed to give somebody a certain money after a month, and the month expired, and you have to give it back, and the person is not by the means. Again, there the application comes of ease. Yes. Then the Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, be ease. If it is that you are very easy, give me an extension. For every day, Allah then gives you two rewards. Subhanallah. For every another two, because you're easy with this particular person in this business dealing. Inshallah, honorable listeners, make dua. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala must make us amongst those that always try to ease and try Amen. to adopt the conduct of our beloved Prophet. Alayhi salatu I also request to make dua. Yesterday one of our students passed on, Zakir uh, Mustafa. Uh, he's only 18 years old, subhanAllah. Okay. Only 18 years old, very young man. Last year he just completed his matric, he was in my class. Yesterday was his janazah. Make dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant him a high place in Jannah. Mm-hmm. Allah puts nur in his qabr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant all our deceased uh, nur in their qabr, inshallah. Mm-hmm. And those that is sick, Allah grant them a speed recovery. Mm-hmm. And Allah put contentment in the hearts of Zakir uh, uh, Mustafa's parents, inshallah. Wa lakta fi bidani wa akhir da'wana wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Sheikh, we say big shukran for being in the studios. May Allah grant you all the success, barakah and khair, inshallah. And put more barakah in your time so that you can you have the time to empower yourself more so that you, we the listener, can benefit greatly from your knowledge as well, inshallah. There's just one message before um, I do my greeting with you, and this is Assalamu alaikum, Aisha, and Sheikh Nabil Majid, Jumma Mubarak to the Muslim Ummah and um, of the Nabi Muhammad, 
Wasallam. What a beautiful day it is, and for this we must say Alhamdulillah, shukr for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. This beautiful day of Juma, Sheikh Nabil, my father, put it out, David's the Bilal at the Usami Masjid in Cravenby, um, says his salam to Sheikh Nabil, and the message comes from Sulaiman David's, and also he says, Maulana um, Abdul Aziz Zotenberg says salam to Sheikh as well. Shukran so much to you, Sulaiman. Yes, that is the comment today, and also um, other comments saying it's a, it's a wonderful topic. Alhamdulillah, may we all take heed and may Allah grant us understanding, inshallah. Shukran, Shaykh, and assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.